Welcome to Solo 2.0, an empowerment podcast hosted by two sisters living in LA, making their way through the health and wellness world. I'm Ryan Birch. And I'm Jess Sukan. Each week, we're committed to bringing you conversations with risk-taking, resilient guests from diverse backgrounds, interviews with experts on controversial or misunderstood topics that will expand your perspective, and lively roundtable discussions with our mom, hormone health educator, Candace Birch. We're driven to provide the support and motivation needed to ignite growth, confidence, and purpose so you can step into that 2.0 version of you. We can't wait to dig into these conversations and hope you'll join us every week for a new episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. I'm Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Blessed by Jess. And I'm Ryan, Jess's sister and co-founder of Your Hormone Balance. So Jess and I are sitting here today at my house and we are going to be diving into the topic of toxic, stressful former careers. Our guest today is India Williams. She is the founder of Rooted Woman and we'll be chatting with her later, giving her a call uh, her her experience was being a lawyer and getting completely um, overburdened with stress and having to take a leave of absence and kind of reshift her career path. And so uh, knowing that we're going to be calling her and getting some more insights, we wanted to share a little bit more about our own experiences with a toxic career mm-hmm. and just that process of losing yourself in a job that's not really aligned to you, which I'm sure many of you can relate to and, and questions of, is it a good idea to quit or stay or get a side hustle or start, you know, there's so many questions to go through. So we hope that our own process and story will maybe help in some way as well as India's expertise as well. Yeah. I also think that there's so much fear that comes with knowing maybe that a career isn't in alignment with who you are or what you want or what you enjoy, but it's like, well, I have this stable paycheck or the unknown of like, what if, you know, I can't find something or what if I let go of this job and I never get something else or I'm unemployed forever. And I think right now, especially there's so much insecurity and uncertainty in people's lives with their careers. And so many people have kind of been forced out of their career and have had to deal with really, really hard times. But, you know, a small percentage of those people have been able to really pivot and find something that is in better alignment with them and that they are more excited about. And, um, I've heard quite a few stories like that, which is, which is exciting. Yeah, definitely. And I think that was an experience that we both had in our former lives and the jobs that we were in. It was a lot of fear and staying in a job for a lot longer than maybe we should have. But at the same time, I think everything is a lesson and leads to where you're going next. But that, and we'll get into that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think for me, I guess I'll just start with my past crazy jobs. And actually, before I even go there, I I did want to say it's interesting how much pressure people put on themselves to have purpose in, in, in their career. And this is something that I've written about a lot and I have pursued intentionally in my life is finding purpose in my job or in my life. But what I've realized is not everybody is going to find a job that is 
their dream necessarily, like dream, you're giving back, you're making a difference. You're, it's not always possible. And I think people put so much pressure for your job to be your purpose, to be your passion, mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily the best way to go for everybody. Sometimes when your job becomes your passion, you no longer are passionate, are passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Like that's what happened to me. You know, at one point I quit my job and then I was a writer copywriting. Cause that, that was one of the things I was like, Ooh, I love writing. I'm going to get back to that. And then I hated it. I hated it. I dreaded it. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. And so that's just one example. Um, you know, Jess and I, I think we are lucky to have in our businesses kind of a purpose-based business, but that is lucky. Like when Thomas left the big firm legal life, he was searching, searching, searching for something purpose-based. And, um, he didn't necessarily find that he found a job that was just way better suited to his life, a healthier work-life balance and allows him extra time to go pursue his passions outside of work. And that's yeah. just one thing I wanted to start off this episode with reminding people, don't just put so much pressure on yourself to have that in your job. Just try, I think if you're unhappy or stressed out or overburdened, try to see if you can get a job, I guess, first that allows you some healthier balance, some healthier habits. And then outside of, yeah, outside of your job, what can you do that that allows you to fulfill those passions? That lights you up. Yeah. That lights you up. Yeah. And also, you know, there is so much talk lately about like entrepreneurship and how amazing it is. And obviously as entrepreneurs ourselves, like this is been so, so wonderful for us and, you know, has ended up being our calling. And I, I can't imagine not ever being an entrepreneur and having my own business, but that's me. And, but I know a lot of people who absolutely love their career and like the stability of the hours and the benefits, but, but not just that, like actually love what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe don't like love every single day, but are really, really good at what they do. And to Raya's point, have these outlets that they pursue outside of work. So they have that nice balance. So I feel like there's definitely no one size fits all yeah. approach for anything. And that, you know, I think we can get swayed. Like we can see people talking about like, oh, I would never work for a boss again. And just making entrepreneurship sound like the only way to go if you really want to never quote unquote work a day in your life because mm -hmm. you love every moment. But entrepreneurship is not for everybody. No. And neither is a fully fledged career. So it's or like- Or a corporate life. Or, or corporate life, yeah. yeah. It's, and that's what I think we want to zero in on in this conversation. It, it's, it's really just creating a life that is aligned with your unique your unique skill set, interests, passions. Mm -hmm. So again, not necessarily that everything needs to be fulfilled in your career, but within the whole spectrum of your life that you're creating room for these, all of your interests, passions, and that your job allows you to excel in the areas that you really are strong mm -hmm. and, and not being in a job like what I'm about to share where there's all these alarm bells going off that like I, I learned to be good at it, but it wasn't the best. But it's like for my soul job. sucking. It, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also before we go into that, um, to your point, Jess, about entrepreneurship, like I'm over here in the craziest season of work I've ever had, just because we're going through some system changes and new website, and there's just way too many major major projects happening at the same time. Um, and that's unavoidable in entrepreneurship sometimes. Um, this isn't sustainable. You know, I have to delegate. I have to get my team more involved so I'm not pulling these kind of hours. But the difference is, even though, like, last night I didn't sleep very well, I'm not the picture of 
perfect stress management lately at all. And I'm just going to say that off the bat. The difference is I love genuinely this work that I'm doing. So I still need to take a step back and, you know, ASAP, I'm going to be delegating, getting all of this extra workload off my, my day to day. But, um, and I have to always be striving for better healthy habits, but Um, How I know that it's still, that I'm still on the right path is that I'm loving it, you know, and I still like everything I'm doing. There's just, we're busy and that's a good thing too, but doesn't mean I can, I need to lose myself and revert back to unhealthy habits. But, you know, there's going to be stress in every kind of career. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I have had so many stressful periods of time. Like when you are trying to... like no one day looks the same. Like Mm -hmm. if someone were to ask me like, what's a day in the life? I'm like, I, I mean, I can give you like my non-negotiables and the things that I do, but every single day throws curveballs. Like I could think that I'm going to be working on a newsletter, having two client calls and studying for school. But then all of a sudden I get like five emails that deter me in two different projects that need my time. And all of a sudden I'm having to like reroute everything and jumble and figure out how to like, rework my whole schedule and you just have to like learn to roll with the punches but Mm -hmm. like that's actually something I've learned that I kind of thrive off of is being able to roll with the punches and being able to adapt and like make it all work but also you don't to your point right you don't want the very thing that you love to become the thing that you resent Mm -hmm. and that takes you away from being present in your relationships and being spontaneous. I notice with myself when I'm working too much, I lose that spontaneity and I've just become very rigid. And it's like, I'm happy in my job and everything. It's not like I'm unhappy, but I just lose, like everything is just so structured and everything is so like booked solid that like there's no way I can just all of a sudden like take a night off and drive to the beach and have a picnic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's almost no time to breathe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that's a reminder if you're considering entrepreneurship is I do think we live in a time where it's just been glamorized and the reality is, um, the per- your, again, your personality needs to align. Are you able to handle uncertainty, um, needing to wear all the hats, um, there's a lot of fear involved in running your own business because a good week is great. And then a slow week has you thinking, what if I have to get another job? Yeah. And this is constant. So you have to be able to pull yourself out of that fear. Um, and I think some people are better suited for consistency and not necessarily calling all the shots and all of those things. So it's, it's gotta be a personality fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just share kind of, I, I don't want to go too in the weeds with this cause we do want to get into our call with India, giving her a call soon. Um, but just kind of my process of losing myself in my job and, and a reminder that your plans for yourself can change coming out of college. I think this is a a struggle. Everybody has a lot of people have, you're not necessarily clear on what you want to do. You got a degree, but you don't even understand like what jobs are the best fit coming out. I mean, I was a PR journalism major. You were an advertising journalism major. And yet there were no classes that were like, when you go out and look for a job, you're going to be looking for the, when I started looking for jobs, I didn't even know how to interview. I didn't even understand the difference between account manager and this and that. It was just like, well, I know how to write a press release. Like I know, I knew how to do some of the meat of the job, but I didn't know what job I was looking for and what department at an agency or at a company, there's, there was no guidance. And so I kind of came up with this idea because I'd always worked in 
restaurants and as a server. And I had started doing catering events for kind of some fancier events in like Oswego, Oregon. And I was like, oh God, events are so fun. They bring people together and it's experiences and I want to be a planner. So that was kind of my dream. But then I was like, but I don't want to do like catering events and things like that. I want to I don't know. But when we moved out to LA, I I found out about this thing, experiential marketing, which is really events for big brands. And I found this agency that does, I've talked about this before, does events for Nike, Columbia, Red Bull, and that's a different scale. And that seemed exactly like what I wanted. I wanted to have the big brand experience, but I also want, I knew that I was good with planning and events and managing multiple things at the same time. And that basically, I ended up, really long story, but I won't get into it, started as an intern, had to kind of fight my way to work my way into an, an assistant event producer role, even though when I was first interviewed, I was told that that would be the case, that it was a much longer road just to be given a really shit salary yeah. um, and just this. And, and, and you had to like claw your way there. Claw you, my you way to fought. any kind of money. But, and, you know, and that's typical out of college. It's like you get these low paying jobs and people know they can take advantage of you because you need the experience. Mm-hmm. But for me, what that job ended up looking like was being on the road constantly, um, traveling, which at first I thought was glamorous for Red Bull events and all this stuff. And I got to be a part of really cool events and I got to go to really cool parties, but hang out with celebs. But at the same time, the whole time you're there, you're working crazy hours. You're sleeping in rooms with other people, with your coworkers. Um, I can not believe when you said one time you had to share a bed because they didn't have yeah. enough beds for you guys with, yeah. your, with her coworker. Yeah, that was, um, I ended up writing, and I've talked about this before, but I wrote a letter to the CEO basically just saying this is unacceptable. Like, you guys are paying us so little. We are so overworked. We're on the road constantly. And then we we have to be back in the office on Monday or Tuesday. Maybe we get one day off. Their vacation policy was one week, five days. (laughs) Um, And we're on the road constantly. It's like, you actually need, I think they are now an unlimited vacation, which no way. Yeah. But at the time, you know, it was insane. And, and, and you're just working these crazy hours and you're on an event site where there's no food, you know, you, you can bring snacks and you can break sometimes for lunch, but you're mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted and stressed out. And then I having sleep problems, I couldn't sleep before events. So I'm going into an event that I have to work crazy hours without sleeping. I had gut issues. So I'm eating bars on the go that are ruining my stomach and Mm -hmm. making me so bloated and uncomfortable all day long. And then I'm traveling. I'm away from Thomas, which was impacting our relationship. Like we are not, that was the worst place we've been in our 10, almost 11 years together. Um, and just a freaking stressed out, unhappy version of myself for what this career that I was like, it's, but it's my dream. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting, but this dream, it's like what you came up with it. Like, you, you don't really know what you want out, out, out of college. You got to be flexible. You got to yeah. notice like this isn't aligned with me. I think it was confusing though, too, because you were so good at the job and like yeah. you really were. And, and the fact that like you did fight for improvements within the whole company, not just for yourself, but for other people, you got a higher salary than what you were promised. And like a lot of people would never get that. They would just like keep working you know, like a slave and you, you, you really like put your foot down, but you were also so good at the job. And Rye hired me to be a brand ambassador for this like big music festival in Nashville called Bonnaroo. And it was like pretty brutal. Like it had just rained. So it was like (laughs) extremely muddy. Like they sold out of rain boots at Walmart because everyone was clamoring to get them. And like, 
I mean, the porta potty was like a five minute walk from a campsite and it was like filled every night and like it was just gross. Well, you had a rough job. I hired you to do a pretty tough job. So. It, true that, but. Yeah, and, like, I remember when we got there, there was, like, a tent in a box, and it was, like, figure this out how to put sleeping. it up yourself. And I'm, like, what? And then, um, but to see you, and you were, like, working that tent and, like, working that space and, like, directing this whole team. And, like, you had your, like, walkie-talkie on, and, like, <laughs> you were managing all these different pieces, and, like, you really did thrive within it. So I feel like, and under the circumstances of, like, discomfort, like, it wasn't a comfortable place to be staying. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, barely, you, you know, you're, like, dirty. And 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 so yeah, I think I that that... Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that must have been... That's kind of confusing because it's not, like... It was out of alignment from what you love to do, but at the same time, you were really good at it and you were seeing well, improvements. Yeah. And also, I was just going to say, yeah, that was another event. That was the event I decided I was going to quit. I slept in a tent with my two coworkers with like no heat or it yeah. was insane. The next year they had a lush, uh, I don't know if it was lush, but it was like a nice RV, <laughs> which is what we should have had for how much we worked out. Yeah, that was a Seriously. breakdown. I had a breakdown every single job, every single day on that event. That was insane. It was like a 10 day event too. But um, oh yeah, it was 10 days. It, it was well that I was out there setting up and tearing down. But regardless, um, I got to do really cool stuff. I got to develop really cool skills, new skills. I, I learned things I was good at that I didn't know before. And this is not to say that like the second you don't like your job, or you're doing things you don't like quit. It was just the signs of what was happening to my health and my relationships and the lack of balance in my life were not became a non-negotiable for me. And I was mm -hmm. at Bonnaroo. I decided I can't do this anymore. I cannot be this stressed out. I hate this. I don't want to travel like this. I don't like the anxiety. I don't like my stomach aches. I don't all of this stuff. And this isn't me. I just knew it wasn't me. I've gotten a lot of good skill sets that will take me to the next place. This is a stepping stone, which it absolutely was. But I, I just think that it's listening to yourself and the signs. Is this pretty easy and comfortable to come to work? Do I enjoy my coworkers? Do I have an, a decent balance in my life or at least time for other people? Am I feeling healthy? Do I have time to take care of me? You know, listen to those pings, you know, you'll know when yeah. it's not in alignment. That doesn't mean though that you don't have to put in time especially when sometimes, especially when you need career experience, you're working towards a new career. Um, you got to hustle too. You got to grind. And there were a lot of grind years out of college and yeah. I wouldn't change it because I needed those years. But, um, but don't stay in something past the point that you need to look for the next opportunity, spend that time doing that soul searching to figure out where you could go next so that you're not in it for so long that it's going to be really, really hard to make a move. And that you completely lose yourself and like your relationship could have very well fallen apart and yeah. you wouldn't be where you're at now engaged and really happy and, you know, following your, both of your, you know, passions. And so I think, yeah, I, I do think that there is a period of time that you got to grind and it's like to get to where Ryan and I are at owning our own businesses without having to have side hustles like that. I, I don't think I ever felt in a in alignment with any job. And in fact, I know I didn't until I started my own business mm -hmm. and that was just me. But like I had a lot of jobs and Ryan and I have joked about this, but like, I think I added it up one time and I've had like 17 jobs or something yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> um, but, but like, I just never, I just never connected with, with jobs in the past. Yeah. I want to go into your, go into the, the last big way, like PMK or whatever you think was your most toxic mm -hmm. that led to health problems. But 
Um, one thing before, because I know you're going to have tips from your journey. Yeah, no, I um, don't mean to. When people quit, you know, or when you've decided you need to quit, which was for me, these health problems I was having, I was just like, nope, done. Um, and I, it, it wasn't glamorous after I quit because I had no money. I had to pay all of my bills, obviously. So I did serving jobs. I did freelance copywriting. I did freelance event work, which I hated too. And that was a really stressful, hard period of time. I got some serving jobs I hated and I was just doing way too much again, but I did love, I knew it was a step in the right direction because I had freedom from that travel, from that, that those bosses. And it, even though it was so stressful balancing multiple gigs and freelancing, it was better for me. And I could see a path forward to a new life. Yeah. And that during that period of time was when I started really hunkering down on my habits of journaling, which is why I'm so passionate about it because it changed the direction of my life because I didn't know what I wanted to do next. I had no idea. I thought this was my dream job. And now what? Now I'm working these odd jobs and it was kind of humiliating to me at times, some of the jobs I had to do. Um, but that's when I just took pen to paper and I started asking myself questions. And I always talk about this, but go through every area of your life. What needs work? What feels good? And when you identify what needs work, then you can identify the steps you're going to take to make improvements in that area. And for career, it was what needs work. I need to figure out what the hell I'm doing in my life and what I even want to do. And so at that point, I started writing down all the things I was interested in. Um, maybe health coaching or fitness, because I loved working out and, and I wanted to get healthier. Maybe, yeah, maybe writing, brand work. I wanted to do not events for brands, but I was interested in the other side. Um, so I basically just found people on LinkedIn. I sent lots of messages, sent a lot of coffee up, coffee chats. Um, but I also connected with people that I was acquainted with that I knew would be willing to that I could really just pick their brain. And I've seen people say like, oh, pick, asking to pick someone's brain is, is asking a lot of them. Okay, well, if, just do it anyway. If it's about your path and your journey, don't be afraid. People can tell you no, mm-hmm. but a lot of people will tell you yes. So, oh, yeah. so do it. And especially if you have a connection to somebody. And that's what changed the direction of my life. you don't have to say, can I pick your brain? No, you don't be yeah. like, maybe don't use that phrase. Don't use that phrase. <laughs> just I'm, you know, especially if a connection to somebody, I'm at this fork in the road in my life. And I know, but really focusing on complimenting them and like your career is so impressive and I've been following you and I'm just so curious about brand marketing and what's involved. And I'd love to hear what you think the pros are and the cons are. And that conversation will help you determine, is that a job that I'm going to be interested in? Yeah. So many of those conversations, coffee chats, help me just, Oh, nope. Don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. Okay. Yep. I want to pursue that. Um, and that's, that's where it all starts to change. You got to be on it. You got to be on it for yourself. If you don't know where you're, what you want to do next, start doing your research, reaching out to people, asking a lot of questions, and then taking those baby steps to learn more. And, and eventually you'll shift your, your life in the right direction. But doesn't mean you might not have to do some side hustles or some jobs that you got to check your ego on because that's what totally. pays the bills to keep you moving forward in the direction that you want to go. I checked my ego a long time ago. <laughs> like I've done some shitty jobs. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, so how much time do I have? Like a few minutes. Ten, um, ten minutes. Okay. So, yeah, and I feel like, too, right, we're going to have to do another episode because I think a part of what's so um, inspiring and amazing about your journey, too, is, like, how you were able to heal your gut, how you were able to, like, find more space for yourself, how you strengthen your relationship with Thomas, and I think that should just be, like, a whole other topic. So we'll have to do that Evolu- another time. An- 
I don't know why I wanted to say an evolution. An evolution. An evolution. <laughs> an eva, it really was. It's been an evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's and still is, right? Yeah. We're always evolving. Every day. Uh, every day. So for me, um, yeah, I mean, where to begin? So I have <laughs> I, I am just gonna focus on the most recent toxic job I had, which was um this big um PR and marketing firm in LA, uh, on right on Melrose and West Hollywood. I probably seen if you live here at the Pacific Design Center, it's very like glam and you're just like, I don't know, I had just moved to LA. Um, I actually did have one job before this agency, which was also extremely toxic, if not even more. Oh, yeah, um, I know. Poor you. I'm like thinking through what you've been through. It's just, oh. Yeah. Like when I moved to LA, the first job that I had, I, I too in high school was like, I want to be an event planner. When By the time I was like 17, I'm like, I'm going to be an event planner. And so I did get this like really awesome event management job um, overseeing these like major events in LA and to move from Portland, Oregon to LA and be I mean, like one of the first events I managed, you know, um, what's his name? Harrison Ford was there and I got to meet him. And then like, um, one of the biggest like dreams of my life was realized, which I didn't even think was even possible. Like I was freakishly obsessed with NSYNC, like to the point where not just you, right? What we were, we were, we were so freakishly fanatics. obsessed fanatics. Like if you guys have ever heard of the show fanatic, my best friend and I, film had Rye help us film a whole video that took us like three years to yeah. submit to try to meet in sync oh, um, yeah. proving that we were the biggest fans like we did like a fashion show we wrote we wrote them a song and we're like oh if you guys want to sing this song like it's fine you can have the rights oh to it and <laughs> yeah. like going back we're like it was like what does true love mean to you and like We'd never even been in love. It was oh, we just so... watched family videos over Christmas. And yeah, Jess and her her friend, Emily, who I filmed to submit <laughs> them to Fanatics, MTV Fanatic to meet in sync. They're just talking to the camera like, we know, we know you. Like, we know you <laughs> and we know you're going to love us. And we <laughs> we just know we're going to meet you. That's like so the creepy. definitiveness that you guys had of just like, I will be with yeah. you. You will be mine. <laughs> was so hilarious to see you're so young too. It's like Oh, and I felt in my heart of hearts like JC was my guy and I was like I just know like if he met me, like he he would he would he would get it. He would yeah. like me. But yeah. Oh gosh. But side like, rant to explain that you did get to meet JC so through anyway, this job. Side rant through this job. Um one of our like glam jobs was to oversee 10 different bars at Lance Bass's wedding to Michael. And it was like, it was completely publicized on e-television. And Rye, I actually got to hire Rye and she got to work in the bridal suite, like with Lance and Joey and like hung out with them, hung out with which them. was my lifelong dream. Yeah. Except Justin wasn't there. So that was tough. Justin wasn't there. He was but on JC tour. JC cool as hell. JC was so cool. I, I had a moment where he like came out of the elevator and was like, hi. And like looked right at me. Yeah. I was like, how are you? And I was like, like he knew you fine, though. That's you. what's crazy. Oh, like he knew me. I was like, fine, thank you. And like yeah. went in the elevator, closed the door and went up. And I was like, God dang it. Like, yeah. Why didn't I kiss him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my chance. Shut my tongue down his throat. Josh would understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like it, it was just. Even though it was like horribly stressful and oh, it was so hopefully stressful. the people that were your managers aren't listening, but they wouldn't listen. It, it's, they were a little crazy. They um, had a toxic relationship. Approach. Yeah. Yeah. The owners of this uh, event. So it was an event mixology company. So they designed like 
creative bar experiences for big events all throughout LA, celebrity events, corporate events, like wealthy people events. Um, so it, it felt very glam to be like, especially that, to be like, oh my gosh, I'm managing. Pretty cool. Like one of my biggest obsessions in my life and like managed to keep it together and like also, you know, be very professional and and make job. it happen. And it was awesome. It, it was amazing to be a part of. And and I will say, all of those guys didn't get to meet Justin. They are so genuine. Yeah. They're so down oh to earth. God. They're so freaking cool. We knew them. We knew they would be. Yeah, we knew it. We knew it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I kind of transgressed back, back into like that job because that was like truly the first one. But it was like, I guess I'll just summarize that with PMK. So that one was, I was not only managing events, but because it was a small company, I was doing like their social media. I was pitching. I was creating all the proposals. I was like ping ponging back and forth, like between working from home, quote unquote, with like one of the owners to then working from home with the other owner. And they had previously been in a romantic relationship, but were broken up. So there's a lot of fighting that happened. Oh my God. That was, and I was like constantly like the mediator. They'd be like, Oh, Jess, right. Like you agree with me. Right. And I'm like, well, no, not exactly. Like, let's talk through this. And like one of them would storm out and it was just, Oh my gosh. And I'm always such a peacemaker that I felt like they liked when I was there because I would keep the peace. And then the events were just like 10 to like 15 hour days, setting up, tearing down, managing people, you know, all problems would always happen. And then when you're dealing with like Neiman and Marcus, for example, which is one of our high end department store clients, like if one of our bartenders came with like too many wrinkles on their shirt, like I would be getting text messages of photos being like, police I had to send this person home like Mm -hmm. you know and it's like I'm at home trying to figure out like I remember one time I had to have one of my other people that wasn't even working one of my other staff members because I also managed the whole team I had to go and have them buy a new shirt at Ross that was steamed and pressed and like drive like a madman over to Neiman Marcus and give it to the bartender that was there so that he could continue to work because I couldn't find a replacement and just like you're just killing yourself for stuff that wasn't and I couldn't afford a nice laptop, so my laptop was always all. crashing, and, like, they didn't give yeah. me a laptop, and I was, like, driving all over L.A., and I'll, the people that we would hire, like, the bar managers, or not the bar managers, the bartenders, a lot of them were actors and models, so they would cancel last minute all the time. Like, I had two of them cancel on Lance Bass's wedding, and then I was, like, scrambling to get new ones, and it was just so, so stressful. So, anyway, I, I guess I'll focus, I focused on that one, but basically super high stress and then moving into PMK, which was an agency and doing social media management and influencer outreach. I just completely between those two jobs developed debilitating migraines. Uh, On on the phone all the time. All the time. Never taking breaks. Disordered eating was like coming back. I was like living for the weekends where I could do bottomless mimosas and just like party and I just didn't have balance. I really didn't know what self-care even meant. Um, I hardly even ever got like a massage. Um, And I was just like, all it was was work was just consuming me. And I eventually, you know, my body was like, you're done. And, and, and I always knew like I wanted to help people in some capacity. And my mom obviously has been a huge influence in my life as a health educator. And she grew up you know, we, we didn't, we weren't on antibiotics. We ate like real whole foods, you know, we took natural medicine. So I just kind of 
channeled my mom and like what she had taught me and decided to go the natural route after getting no help from doctors and in fact prescription medications making everything worse and through the process of healing my body I realized that I wanted to help other people do the same so Mm -hmm. my biggest tip is like I just had that hit like that calling that was like you're meant to help other people like this is what you're supposed to do and I couldn't stop thinking about it Mm -hmm. but I knew in order to do it if I were going to go back to school and get a degree there's no way I could work at that stressful job at the same time so Mm -hmm. I had to quit I had to take a leap of faith and like right I had to like a little bit of a shock to my pride I had to go back and serve tables like six to seven days a week sometimes Mm -hmm. while going to school at the same time and growing my business but like like similar to you too, even though my life was insane and I had no time, I was like working towards my purpose and that kind of stress was so much more invigorating and exciting knowing I was going in the direction of what I wanted to do. Plus those little jobs, the side hustles that you have to get, or I guess they're not side hustles, depends, but um, when you're doing them full time, um, but those there's so many little stories and memories and all of that. Like your serving job that you got after quitting quitting PMK was at a restaurant where a lot of celebrities go. So now yeah. you have all these funny stories of meeting Arnold Schwarzenegger and other people like that. And just oh, like, yeah. you know, of course you have to check your pride at the door because it's like, well, I used to be at an agency before this. You're thinking, you know, that was the before that was the direction you're heading. Oh, I'm going to be an agency person. And now you find yourself at you know, serving again, but when it's scary, cause I was like, Oh, well, if I stayed in the agency, I would get a salary bump every year. I got benefits. You get all the dumb perks that like seem cool at the time, like beats by dry headphones and all this mm-hmm. stuff and like free juice Fridays. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like that at, at the end of the day, none of that really matters if you are losing yourself. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and, and it's just, and we're saying serving job, that's not the only option when you want to quit your job or there's so many things online, freelance positions, yeah. Upwork, Creative Circle, um, you know, a lot of online, even just virtual assistant jobs totally. too for interim work while you're figuring out your thing. But I think the goal is understand that you're probably, if you're pursuing something that's a more creative endeavor, or you're starting your own business, you're you're probably going to burn out if that's all you're doing and you're, mm-hmm. you have no money coming in. You're going to need to figure out a source of income coming in. And I'll just quickly, just because I didn't say wh- where I went from there, after quitting that really stressful event job, I did think that I was just going to never get another job. And like I was, I had, I was writing, I was, um, I thought I was going to be like a writer. I thought my blog was really going to take off solo. She only lives once.com and um, all these odd jobs. And then I was just kind of a crazed person. And then eventually it was really clear that I needed a better source of steady income. It, n- not all of this, these combined side jobs. And that's when I ended up going and getting a job at a, a high end catering company and, and worked my way from event doing events again, which I had told myself I wouldn't do. But then being able to work my way into a business development role, which is when I discovered this is what I want to do. Yeah. So that's another lesson of just like sometimes maybe you go back to a job or you get hired in another company doing the same thing you did at the last company, even though you didn't want to do it again. But that's for the short term. Um, sometimes the environment is a lot better and you find you enjoy the job better and then it buys you more time to make some money while you figure out what you want to do. And maybe you see a position or someone else at your company has a job that you're interested in and just eye on the prize, figure out how you can talk to people, get that skill, work in the direction of of that. And that's what happened with me. And that gave me the skills to start your hormone balance and grow or 
join my mom in helping her figure out how to make money in her business and grow this business. So every part of your journey is important. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that we can tend to stay in unhealthy situations for longer than is necessary. And we do have to be our own advocate Mm -hmm. and prioritize our health and take steps to get out of situations that are really, especially when you're seeing that you're really losing yourself. And I will say sometimes you have to take a pay cut. Like I had to take a pay cut, you know, and it was like, you may not be able to eat out as much. Well, no one's doing that anyway right now, but like, or order Postmates as much. You may not be able to like go online and do the shopping that you might normally do or like, hey, you might even have to like downsize your living and move out to somewhere that's a little bit more affordable. But if it means that you're following a path that's going to make you happier in the long run, it's like trusting yourself. And I always say this, but one of the most simple and powerful things that I would always say to people when they would ask me, what if it doesn't work? Aren't you scared? Aren't you nervous? And I'm like, there's no other choice. Like there's no plan B. Like Mm -hmm. this is what I'm doing because I knew if I put one foot in the safety net of like, oh, well, if it doesn't work, maybe I'll just go work this corporate job that like I wouldn't be all in the way that I was in order to be able to like make this happen and trust myself. And there's, and the last thing I'll say is there are always, okay, what if it doesn't work out? There's always a solution. Always. You go get a short-term job, something maybe you don't like, whatever. It's short-term sacrifice for long-term reward. And that's what I always say. And Thomas used to not understand why I was doing the things I was doing, why I was working multiple jobs. And, you know, why don't you just go get one salary job? But I just knew that that wasn't the route I wanted to take again after that event job. I knew that I had to pursue something more aligned. Um, well, I, I knew that I wanted to do something more entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kept kept doing, kept doing things until I could get there. But yeah, it's short term sacrifice. Just remember that. Yeah. And there's no shame, like getting roommates or like getting creative with like giving yourself like a little budget for how much I've seen people do like great articles where it's like how to buy your groceries at Trader Joe's for a week with $40, you know? And Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I think that there's something like invigorating about that when you're like, when you're challenged to survive too, to make something that you are really excited about work. And obviously it's hard and it's, we're not like discounting the fact that like changing directions is really scary and not everyone has the ability to like just go out and go after what they're passionate about. Like that is not always available, but it's like, there's these little things that you can do to chip away. Mm -hmm. And like, we'll talk about with India, you know, she was and is a lawyer and just kind of had to change her circumstances. And, And that's something that you can do too. It's like, you may be really amazing at the job that you're in, but it's not the right fit where you currently exist. So finding another company that will allow you to thrive and have that balance and and still, you know, pursue that same career path. So with that said, our guest today is India Williams. She's an attorney at an international law firm, a self-care maven and wellness advocate. After an unexpected turn in her health in 2015, she unapologetically hit the pause button. While retiring the belief that work is life, her values such as self-care, self-love, and self-work came sharply into focus. She says that the courage to start Rooted Woman was found in the depths of her own self-care immersion. Because of India's courage, Rooted Woman now offers thousands of women a safer, safer alternative to traditional nail polish while consistently reminding them that they too deserve to slow down and relax. India believes that self-care takes different forms in every season of life. She offers herself grace to experience self-care in ways that feel good. 
Two self-care practices that are most commonly in all seasons are solo travel and counseling. India also relishes in a soothing mani-pedi, the spa is one of her happy places, finds peace in evening meditation, and great joy in intentional time with loved ones. Because she brought each of the Rooted Woman products to life, she's incredibly grateful that her products are so dear to her and are a part of your life too. So India also generously created a code for our listeners to use on Rooted Woman's nail polishes and treatments, and that is solo podcast. Two zero for 20% off. So that's solo podcast 20 for 20% off at rootedwoman.com. And it's redeemable until this July 17th. Um, I personally love that each of the hand poured colors is named a different affirmation like freedom, unashamed and compassion, and that there's so many different color palettes to choose from. So Rooted Woman seeks to revolutionize the narrative of self-care as a selfish reward to a necessary practice that should be supported and accessible within the lives of women. The brand promotes self-care through ethical non-toxic nail polish and treatments and an online self-care resources. With that said, we're going to call up our friend and expert, India Williams, to help us dive more into this important topic. Hey, India. Hello. Hello. How are you, ladies? We are good. How are you? Thanks so much for doing this with us. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for this conversation. I am well. Awesome. Yeah. So in this new format, as we've shared with you, we are basically phoning a friend about what we've just been chit-chatting about, which is kind of the process of losing ourselves in our previous jobs and toxic jobs and stressful jobs and our personal journeys to find balance. And we wanted, of course, to call you because we know you had quite a stressful period of time in your career, a bit of a health crisis that we want to hear more about. And we just thought you'd be the perfect person to help us and our listeners hear how you climbed out of that situation, started your own business and really brought yourself back to a a state of groundedness. So with that, we wanted to just start by hearing what happened in that job that, you know, you were a lawyer and kind of what what happened that led you to needing to, to leave and, and kind of um, take some time for your health. Yeah, absolutely. So I was really early in my career as a lawyer, um, maybe like 18 months in and really work became life for me. And so I spent the majority of my waking hours and even hours that I should have been sleeping and holidays at the office working. And so um, I also wasn't feeding my body really good food at the time and my stress levels are incredibly high. And so I had an autoimmune um, uh issue that ended up being triggered by stress overload. And so my organs actually started to shut down um, and started to have some level of deterioration because of the autoimmune response. And so I had a very tough conversation with my doctor. I was going to an integrative um, medical facility and he said, you really have to make a decision what's more important, your life or your work. And you need to take some time off. And I was like, okay, so like a day or two. And he was like, no, you need to take months off. um, And we're going to have to allow your body to really heal. And we need to figure out what's going on because your body shouldn't be doing these things. You're really young. um, 
and this shouldn't be happening. And so we need to take some time to really figure that out. And so um, I took a leave of absence from work and I didn't know how long it was going to be. Um, but I took it and started on the health journey with um, my medical practitioners. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting because my fiance is a lawyer and similar experience that he had too. He, uh, it's just crazy what stress will do to you. He got mm -hmm. out of nowhere, this crazy case of vertigo and he had to take, and he was at a big firm and he had to take a leave of absence as well. Um, and, but in that period of time, he really was able to have some time to kind of explore his interests, his passions, and that led to him being in a different place today. So we're curious for you what that period of time when you brought yourself out of that stressful situation, kind of how you spent that time to, to reflect and figure out where you were going to go from here and how you were going to heal. Yeah, so it was really a healing of like mind, body, and spirit in ways that I never thought was possible. And so at first, in addition to the health crisis, there was also some level of an identity crisis because I, since I was three years old, I've only wanted to be a lawyer. There's nothing else that I've wanted to do. Wow. And so my entire life was geared towards and focused on being a lawyer. And so have feeling like that was kind of taken away from me and um, led to an identity crisis of like, who am I? What am I going to do if I can't practice law? And what does that look like? And then also learning about my body, like what foods feel really good in my body and what foods do my, does my body just not like or that don't feel good. And so really getting in touch with who I am on multiple levels is what that journey involved. Yeah, I think that's so, so important. And and sometimes, unfortunately, of course, we don't want it at the cost of a health crisis. But I think sometimes it's like we're kind of forced to ignore some of the messages that our body is sending us because we have to just keep powering through and doing our job. And we can't even stop to address those things. So at some point, your body just makes you listen. And it sounds like through that happening for you, it's like you had all of these epiphanies and you kind of figured out, you know, maybe your purpose beyond the firm, but obviously that it was still something that you were really great at and that you wanted to continue. So what would you say were some of the biggest like lifestyle, but then also like nutrition changes that you had to make during this time that were really impactful? Yeah. So some of the lifestyle changes were, I'm I, frankly embarrassed to say we're pretty simple of like stay hydrated, like how important it is to drink water. Wow. Um, that was a big thing because I actually at a certain point was like having issues with my vision and a lot of that had to do with a lack of hydration. So at a certain point I ended up having to have um, an eye surgery, but before I took the hiatus, I was having issues with being able to see and it was very blurry. And at times, like I was seeing stars. And a lot of that came from hydration, which still so simple to me. And I was like, wow, I just wasn't drinking enough water. Um, so while I love coffee, it can't be the first beverage of my day. Um, and it cannot be my last beverage of the day either, because it's really dehydrating. Um, and so using that in moderation and giving my body time to sleep. And so having a bedtime is really crucial and having really good sleep hygiene. And so that means no technology in my bedroom. I used to go to sleep with like my cell phone right beside me in case, you know, something happens and a client needs to be able to get to me or a partner had a question about something. And so those days had to be over. 
there was a real hard cutoff for me um, to make sure I got at least eight hours of consecutive sleep and not having caffeine after noon. Um, and then eating food that was just really good for my body. And so it wasn't a diet. It was really, I learned that I had a gluten intolerance in this time. Um, and my body doesn't process dairy as well. And so um, that also triggered some other autoimmune stuff. I have eczema and that is triggered pretty significantly by eating dairy for me. And so not doing those things and making sure that I am eating throughout the day and not getting to the end of the day and saying, what did I eat? Did I eat today or was it yesterday? That's never a conversation that I can have anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and incorporating movement and exercise and not for like, you know, body goals or anything, but really from a place of mental health and being able to de-stress and being able to get it out in the gym I love to be able to box and to do HIIT workouts and um, to be really active in that way so I can channel some of my frustration um, in a healthy way. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and so I'm just picturing you going from this high stress situation at work. First question, they let you take like a health leave of absence. That How did that go over? And then second part is, what do you do now with all of this time um, that you that you had? How did you how did you spend it? Yeah, so they absolutely let me take the time. Um, thankfully, there's the FMLA Act, and so that protects employees that need to take time off to take care of themselves or their families. So they did not necessarily have a choice, but they were very supportive. At least initially, there was some. Um, desire to have me back sooner than I than my body was ready and I know that in large part it's just because the nature of the beast at big law you just need bodies um but I certainly continue to maintain those boundaries and I took the entire time that I need um and then what does it look like um going to the doctor a lot and doing lots and lots of tests to figure out allergies um and really get to the the bottom of my symptoms to figure out what was causing them and the autoimmune things. And then also um, having to take some traditional Western medication, but then um, with the goal of easing off of that, because that, of course, every medication, while it can be really helpful, has side effects. And so really trying to implement more herbs and supplements um, and some Chinese medicine and doing a lot of acupuncture and meditation, which I was not big into meditation at the beginning. And when my doctor told me I needed to meditate, and I was like, this feels unhelpful. You told me to take off work to meditate. <laughs> okay, great. Um, but doing those things was ended up being incredibly helpful. Um, and then learning how to sleep well. So I actually had to have a sleep therapist um, to teach me how to sleep again, um, and to develop good sleep hygiene. What were some of the things that you worked with, with that therapist? I'm so interested because I feel like so many people suffer from sleep problems and insomnia. And I know Rye has dealt with it and our dad is an insomniac. So like, what does that look like? That partnership, what kind of things did, did she guide you through? Yeah. So being really honest about how do I sleep and so having her come into my space and to see like how things are set up in my bedroom and to really talk about like what does it look like when I'm winding down. 
Um, and so one of the first things that she did, which felt very heartbreaking to me, is she removed my TV <laughs> from my bedroom and said, you can certainly have it back, but right now you don't need a TV. Like your bedroom needs to just be for sleep. And that was so incredibly hard. Um, because I like to watch Netflix or Amazon or Hulu. And I was like, I want to do, she was like, nope, that you have a nice TV in the living room and you can watch TV there. Um, but this, you have to train your mind to know that like your bedroom is for sleeping. Um, and then also change lighting and light bulbs so that um, I didn't know that like white light is too abrasive to help to encourage sleep. Um, and even like certain night lights. Um, so getting up to go to like the restroom at night that you have a light that continues to help your body to produce melatonin, even when you're up for um, a short period of time so that you don't wake up, you're able to go back to sleep very um, easily. Um, and then also using melatonin um, to assist me in helping me to stay asleep. Cause that also was an issue. Um, and then having an issue with like racing thoughts. And so talking about how to deal with things that they, keep me up or wake me up. Mm. It's funny. I had a night like this last night <laughs> where I had racing thoughts and I was up way too late. Um, but what I, I'm interested in hearing is like, cause for me with sleep issues, a lot of times when I have ideas or when I had the idea for one of my earlier projects, side hustles that I just can't shut it off. I can't stop thinking about it. So with you during this t period of time, was it during this period of time that you came up with Rooted Woman? And how did you, what was your process like of having that really, those ideas come to fruition? And were you, because I know the beginning of when you have an idea, it can be a little crazed. So you're still yeah. trying to change your health habits. Tell us about that process. So one of the things that my sleep therapist helped me to do is I have a notebook in my nightstand pins and pencils. So if I wake up in the middle of the night and I have this like big idea, one of which definitely was rooted woman, um, or racing thoughts, I can write it all down. And then remarkably at a certain point of just getting it out, I get really sleepy. And then my body is able to go back to sleep. And that was incredibly helpful for me and continues to be. Um, but spending my days really thinking about how to transition rooted woman which was originally which was originally just a blog um into an actual brand and getting into nail care I noticed that um in this process there were so many women in my life who um viewed self-care as something that was frivolous or maybe selfish and so um there was a lot of stigma around self-care and realizing that within myself, but also within my community and wanting to do something to change that narrative. And I noticed that particularly for the professional women in my life, one of the ways in which they could kind of show their personality or something that they did for themselves was they got their nails done. And so I wanted something that could be as healthy as possible because um, I didn't realize how many toxins were in nail polish and how everything that you put on your nail bed ultimately goes into your bloodstream. Yeah. And so I wanted something that was going to be really healthy, but also we're going to have a bigger purpose of really changing the narrative around self-care. Yeah. And I will say, um, I've been following rooted woman for gosh, 
a, a long time now. And I love that it's an account. Your Instagram account is probably one of the only brand accounts that I follow, not just for your amazing products, but for the messaging. And I feel like that's really rare, you know, because a lot of brands, you just go to it to see like a nail polish brand. Okay. What colors are coming out? What does it look like? But with rooted woman, I can go and feel empowered and get that daily reminder that I need to keep moving forward. And I think some of the messages are just so simple, but so powerful. And so I'm wondering where that idea sort of, obviously, I'm sure in part came from this healing journey, but how did it all come together into like one cohesive brand? Oh, wow. First, thank you so much. I love that. And kudos to the team for all of the hard work that they do and really making sure that that comes through um, on our social media platform. Um, It did come from the healing journey of what were some of my mantras or things that came to me in meditation and things that I heard or that resonated when I spoke to the women in my life and talked to them about what I was going through. And then they started to share what they were going through. And it came from those conversations. And so um, wanting to share that beyond my sphere of influence is where that came from. And so not wanting it to just be about nail care, but to very much be tied to broader messaging around self-care as well. Mm-hmm. How would you define radical self-care? Because that's what you say, right? Yes. So radical self-care is very unapologetic of putting yourself first and knowing that in doing that, it's not from a place of selfishness. It's not something that you have to explain. It just is. It's your birthright and it's something that you should be doing of putting yourself first every single day. You should be at the top of your to-do list. And that can be so radical for so many women because I think we're conditioned to be caretakers and helpers and to consider those around us and um, at times to be people pleasers. And so um, it's radical to think of every day I have to put myself first. Every day I do put myself first. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the ways that you encourage or help people to like formulate some of those self-care practices if they're like fairly skeptical or new at it um, within like your own advice, but then but primarily like within Rooted Woman, how, how does Rooted Woman kind of help cultivate that? Yeah, so we definitely provide as many resources as possible um, on how you can cultivate a self-care routine and getting to the radical self-care is deeply tied to self-love because if you have a deep appreciation for love of self, then out of that easily flows self-care. And so we really work on strengthening that foundation within all of the women in our community and even within ourselves as well. Um, So resources and being very gentle in the language that we use and trying to not bash people over the head with our messaging, but invite them into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that so resonates. And I feel like that, most of the captions on Instagram are pretty short, but I feel like they just hit and they're so powerful. And it's like, I think sometimes, I mean, I am so guilty of writing the longest captions. I'm just not the best at like 
form formulating my thoughts into like a couple of sentences, but I do notice that some of the most like powerful takeaways come from these small nuggets that make you think because we are all so overwhelmed and there's so much content coming at us from all angles that sometimes we just need the simple reminder to breathe or that Mm -hmm. just waking up and like putting one foot in front of the other is, you know, maybe sometimes all that you can do. And I think just like not only especially in these times. yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, and you have especially right now, I think you guys have done it a little bit before as well, but during the pandemic, just providing so much support through Instagram lives with all different types of women. And I did an Instagram live with you guys talking about mindful eating. And I know that you've provided a lot of other um, kind of resources like that. So I just feel like that's so different and so empowering for women right now, especially. Oh, thank you. We want to do everything we can to offer support to women, particularly in this time. There's such a need to to give and to ensure um, that resources that may traditionally have been available um, in other settings that, that aren't available now because of the pandemic are available. So definitely providing resources and meditations and mantras and everything possible to aid in self-care journey of women. Yeah, that's great. And we want to get into, we're going to ask about Rooted Woman University, but first I kind of wanted to go back to this period of time you're in, you've left your, you're on hiatus, you've had this idea or you've expanded upon your, your blog and you're creating a business just to pull back the veil a little bit. Um, how, how do you, what are kind of the first steps for those? Cause I mean, I think this this conversation is so much for, for people listening that might be in a job they hate and might be wanting to start something. Um, so much of the time it's so overwhelming. Where do I even start? How do I get this off the ground? How do I, um, how do I pay the bills while I get this off the ground? So kind of what was your approach to even starting this and then how do you make it sustainable? Um, and I guess we'll get there as well. So yeah, how, what are the first few steps to, to really get the business moving? So in order to not be overwhelmed, because it was important for me to maintain self-care at every step of my journey, it was building a team for me first. And so looking at resources of family and friends and obviously leveraging my um, knowledge as a lawyer, which was incredibly beneficial for starting a business and knowing the legalities of that. But in terms of creating an actual brand and all that goes along with that, I depended heavily on friends and family to assist me. And so um, a lot of those friends have become family because they have been part of the Rooted Woman family since it was just an idea. Um, But inviting others into the process was really important and helped me to maintain balance and self-care as well. I love that. Start with the team first, because so much of the time it takes so long until you delegate and and then it takes so much longer to get things going so you started with the team that obviously helps move things along what at what point did you decide you know I want to I want to go back to the firm and 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 again this is something people face like how do I know that I should take a break or just quit or just change my situation within my job what was that decision like for you yeah so it was wanting to reclaim something 
that I knew that I wanted for a really, really long time, but I didn't like the way it was being manifested in my life. And then also taking responsibility for how it was being manifested, right? Because it was based on a lot of my own actions. I had to be my own advocate and not expecting others to advocate for my well-being and taking full responsibility for that. So one, therapy helped a lot. Um, I am a big proponent of therapy as part of mental health and well-being. And so um, talking through boundaries and what does that look like and how to establish those and really digging into, did I like my job or were there aspects of my job that I didn't like that I could change that were within my control? And ultimately, I love the law. And that wasn't something I was ready to give up. It was something that I wanted to do differently. Um, and I wanted to ultimately do a different type of law. And I wanted to do it in a different way. Um, and so that required a level of creativity that, to be quite honest, is not something that most lawyers are comfortable leaning into. But Rooted Woman certainly gave me the freedom to tap into my creativity and allow that to flow into the practice of law and creating a practice that suits me, even within the context of big law. So did you go back to the same firm and request a different sort of position or started? Those baby steps. I was not jumping into the deep end. So I went back to the same firm and I was in the same group. And I started off very slow of saying, this is how much work that I can do. And saying it within myself, because a lot of times I realized I was saying yes when I needed to say no. Mm -hmm. Because I felt like I had to say yes. And I felt like I, w I didn't feel within myself empowered to say no. And once I felt that level of empowerment and continued to grow that level of confidence within myself that I'm truly responsible for both my career and my life. And I have to set these boundaries that aided me in finding more time and more freedom to open up more mental space to say, okay, what do I want to do? Because I didn't know what type of law I wanted to practice. I was a corporate lawyer and that's what I thought that I wanted to do. And so first I had to practice setting boundaries and that took some time. And then after I did that, I ultimately um, left that firm and went to another firm and started practicing in a different practice group. Great. That's amazing. How, so for somebody who is currently working as a lawyer or in a very stressful, high-paced job who feels like they literally don't have time for self-care and self-love or to make that space, what would you say and like what are some of the baby steps that they could start to implement that, you know, have had a big difference for you as well? Yeah, I think finding one thing each day that you do for yourself pretty much at all costs. So whether that be I'm going to meditate either in the morning or in the evening for 15 minutes or I'm going to work out for 30 minutes and I don't care if the world falls apart, I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to eat one meal uninterrupted and not in front of technology or anything like that. Finding whatever that one thing is every single day is so important, even if it's just 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I've been in a crazy period of time with work and just 30 minutes yesterday to work out without my phone, which is not something I usually do. I've been 
in the bad habit of checking it throughout the whole workout. And then that's not really a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having a break is so important. I think it also allows you to see life differently and to see situations differently because sometimes situations feel so overwhelming because we haven't been able to adopt a different perspective on them. We've only been able to look at it this one way because we haven't opened up more space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then your thinking isn't very clear. You know, I realized last night um, I was moving forward with a project that only because I've been, I'm doing so many things, I didn't give the space to think through it more clearly and realize it was a bad idea. And then I was adding all of this stress on top. And that, so that's another consequence is we take on so much, we don't take breaks. We're not thinking clearly, you know, always yeah. in the space to to, you know, that, that rest is just so important. Yeah. I've actually been doing since the new year, it was one of my goals to get back to having a digital detox every morning, which I used to do. And when the pandemic hit, it just like went by the wayside because I was just first thing in the morning. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to was just checking the news to be like, what's going on now? Like what's open, what's shut, what's happening with the riots? Like always wanting to stay informed, but then you start your day in fight or flight mode. And it's so hard to, to then go backwards and, and get into that calm space. Because I feel like the second you grab your phone, your phone and everything within it has control over your day versus you. And so I've been just using my phone for an alarm. And then as soon as it goes off, I spend 30 minutes every morning. I've done it since the beginning of January. So not that long, but I'm reading, you know, at least a chapter in my book, journaling, you know, my intentions for the day and priorities. And it is just, I light a candle. It's so calming. And I just feel so much better going into the day. I feel more productive. I feel more motivated. I just feel calmer. And it's crazy because I, it's not like I didn't have that time or that I had to like get up way earlier. It was just having the awareness that no, you're spending 30 minutes of every morning, just scrolling Instagram and reading upsetting news updates. And yes, it's important to stay informed, but I can do that later on. (laughs) I love that. I think that is incredibly important. How you start your day is a game changer in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any non-negotiable morning routines and rituals? So very much like you, I do not start the day with technology. It is an added benefit that I don't have technology in my bedroom. So I have like an old school alarm clock that I use um, and there's nothing else in there. And so except for a book or whatever, um, something non-digital, which is really beneficial. Um And I like to listen to nature sounds. And so I wake up in the morning and open the window and listen to the city wake up with me um, and spend some time meditating and just making sure I feel really grounded um, and checking in with myself and seeing, does something hurt? Does something feel uncomfortable? Is there something that was unresolved from yesterday? Just really just checking in with me. Um, I found that once I am really taken care of, then I can be the type of person that I want to be when I engage with others. So my relationship with self and really tending to that both in the morning and in the evenings before I go to sleep are not negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you say that it's a playlist on Spotify called Wake Up With Me? Oh, no, it's not. So it's I don't even have um, anything to play Spotify in my bedroom. I just like to listen to the city wake up with me. 
the the which the city like the city oh. that i'm living in just like like the sounds and like your people starting to walk around and the dogs are barking and there are birds chirping i just like to listen to the city sounds I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I was like writing in the notes section, about to write in the notes section of my phone. Download the playlist, wake up with me. But yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I think that's such a good reminder and something so simple that it's like just open the windows and let in some fresh air and listen to nature. And and and, and that is something that anybody can do. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I wanted to go back to that time in your life slash listeners who are listening might relate to this feeling of being, you know, in between careers or not being sure of where you're going next. And we know you had, you've recently posted a blog about defining your core values, which can be such a helpful practice for mapping out your future and what, or your interests and what might be the next best step. So can you walk us through what that exercise is like? Um, how you figure out your core values. Yeah, I think one, it's just recognizing that your values are your values, right? So we all have some level of values that may have come from family or friends or media, wherever, but just really um, giving yourself space to figure out what resonates with you and being okay with whatever resonating with you may not resonate with your best friend or your mom or your significant other. Um, and then also knowing because of that values have emotional roots. And so um, being really honest about the root of the circumstances that have manifested those feelings. And so um, if it's a value that makes you angry or frustrated, maybe reevaluate it because maybe that's not something that you value. Values should um, bring peace and feelings of groundedness. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will know what is a value for you. Um, and there are times when, at least for me, I thought I valued something because I spent so much time doing that thing or putting energy into that thing or even that relationship. And it really wasn't a value. And when I really sat down to focus on like what feelings I had around that particular value was like, Oh, this isn't a value. I can stop spending my time on this because this is not something I value. Um, But then once you know what they are, they are things to be um, asserted and to be protected because it's part of who you are. It's part of your core self. And so listening to the whispers and then allowing them to amplify in your life. Can you give us a couple examples? Um, And two, I know that there's probably saying this wrong, but there's like intrinsic values and then there's external values where it's like money, things, and then there are things that bring fulfillment. Um, Are you able to give us, yeah, a couple examples of, um, like you said, a value that you thought was super important that you realized wasn't, and then one that really you needed to zero in on more. Yeah. So for me, um, values that are more external, I have found to be less, I guess, less of a value to me and my core person. So I thought that um, status was something that I really valued because I really spent a lot of time trying to excel in my career and 
to um, be promoted and to be elevated. And then I realized that's not really a value. I value being a good lawyer within myself. And I don't need anyone else to confirm that or affirm me in that. Um, I know when I have done the very best that I can do. And that is the value for me of just knowing that within myself. And so that also helped me to stop seeking outward gratification or affirmation um, in the work that I do and to focus on the feeling within myself of do I feel that I've done the very best that I can do? Yes or no? Yeah, I think that's a really important practice. And you guys have a blog post on the Rooted Women blog called Defining Your Core Values that kind of walks people through it. So I think that's a really helpful resource for people to turn to if they want to start to write out their own as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then we did want to touch on Rooted Woman University um, because we see a lot in the space happening right now, predominantly in the like white self-love, self-care, personal growth community that's really focused on just ourselves and not necessarily aligned with making an impact on the rest of the world or the community. So we know now that you've created Rooted Woman University. Um, you, I, I know that you had it before, but it seems like it's like really off the ground now and you've got these courses and um, it's just a really amazing example of uh, bridging the gap between practicing self-love and growth while also learning how to make a greater impact and leave your mark in the world. So can you kind of expand on what Rooted University stands for and how people can enroll and, and be a part of it? Absolutely. So Rooted Woman University really came out of um, a need that we saw from so many women who are part of the Rooted Woman community who wanted to know, okay, how can we learn more if we want to take a deeper dive into what does it mean for self, what does self-care mean? What does that look like? What does self-love look like? How can I learn to take better care of myself or learn a new hobby or perfect a skill? And so, um, or to find a resource on um, making a healthy meal or movement, um, things that resonate with women. And so it really is a platform for self-discovery. And so taking time to really um, learn more about you. And so Rooted Woman University is really an invitation to learn more about who you are and to provide resources to strengthen um, the core values that you have. Mm -hmm. And now is such a good time to sign up for something like this because, you know, majority of us are still staying at home or should be hopefully spending most of your time at home. And, and that obviously presents the problem of feeling isolated and um, going through mental health struggles. And I just actually spoke with a client who was like, I just feel like every day is the same. feels like Groundhog's Day every day. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything to like wake up and look forward to. She's like, I used to love traveling and I used to, you know, go and meet my trainer. And I had all of these things that I really enjoyed that gave me purpose. And I feel like I just go to work and, and that's it. And so Not we even go to work, right? Well, she does. Oh my Her, God. She, oh. She's an essential worker. So she does. And, but, um, we were talking about, she's like, I need a hobby, you know, I need something. And we were talking about different courses that she could sign up for and things like that but this now that we're talking about this I'm like I'm totally sending her these courses because this is exactly what she was talking about you know 
finding out like what are your core values, finding something that gives you purpose, that excites you to like work towards. And so I, I would encourage anybody who's like struggling in that headspace, which I think many of us are to take a look at Rooted Woman. Absolutely. Yeah. And kind of last question before we let, we let you go. Um, I just wanted to know what is your vision really for Rooted Woman? What do you, what's to come and how do you intend to continue to, to maintain balance and groundedness with Rooted Woman as well as your legal career? Yeah. So, um, I think what's to come for Rooted Woman is to certainly continue to support Rooted Woman University, which is now a sister brand, um, and to see them both continue to grow and to support women in um, valuing self-care and also to further discover who they are. And how I intend to maintain balance in both of these endeavors while also being a practicing lawyer is by doing what I did from the beginning and that's continuing to rely on my team and inviting others to sit at the table with me and to join me on this journey and to assist me and to bring their skill sets to amplify the missions of Rooted Woman and Rooted Woman University. Amazing. Yeah. Well, we wish you all the best and, and we, we know you don't need any luck because you're just crushing it. Um, but And thank you so much for creating this empowering platform yeah, for women really. during this time that's really really challenging so we're grateful for that thank you thank you so much and I appreciate your support and the love and love what you guys are doing and how that you use your platform to amplify voices that may not always get heard and so I really appreciate that and love what you do so thank you so much for this opportunity to chat with your community ah, of course it means a lot. thank you so much and and how can people stay in touch with you and Rooted Woman and, and all that you're up to? Yeah, so they can find us at rootedwoman.com. Also on Instagram, our handle is Rooted Woman and Rooted Woman University to learn more about the self-discovery courses. And Rooted Woman University is also our handle on all of our social media platforms. Perfect. One more thing I want to say is that if people need a little self-care activity or routine, like go on Rooted Woman and look at their nail polish because it's all handmade, hand poured and absolutely gorgeous. And that's one of the things that I love to do on a weekend when there's nothing to do is just take out my Rooted Woman polish, go in the sun and like give myself a little manicure. And mm -hmm. it feels so good. Oh, I love that. That just warms my heart. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Please keep in touch. Will do. Thanks. Bye. Bye. If you're still listening, we hope you took this conversation as a reminder that you do not have to lose yourself in your job and lose everything you love and value in order to have a successful life. If your work is not aligning with your values, it's a great time to look inward and craft a plan to shift things in a healthier direction. Yes. And as you heard from our story, sometimes life forces you to make those changes if you wait too long to make them for yourself. So make sure to always listen to those signs and signals your body is giving you. And then also just a reminder that if you want to check out India's amazing non-toxic female and black owned nail polish line, remember to use our code solopodcast20. That's solopodcast20 for 20% off at rootedwoman.com. 
And if you're enjoying our podcast so far, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a positive review so we can continue bringing on guests you want to hear from and grow this community. We'd also encourage you to take a screenshot of the episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can share it as well. Thank you for listening. And remember, even if nothing feels right today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight, so be patient and kind to yourself and good things will come. See you next time.